I'm Denise. She's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise. She's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Editing Podcast. So this week, we're talking about something that's on a lot of editors and proofreaders' minds, and that's generative AI, specifically text generative AI and the impact it could have on our businesses. Yeah, that's right. So right off the bat, we'll say that this isn't going to be a deep dive that gives you all the answers about whether text generative AI is a good thing or a bad thing. Instead, we're going to we're going to chat about some of the ways we think editors can use it as a business tool, one that increases productivity and reduces stress. Yeah. Now, we're well aware that there are some major and very serious concerns about it that must be part of the bigger picture. And one of our colleagues, Lisa Cordaro, has written an excellent blog post about those. Yeah, that really is worth a read. It's called ChatGPT, AI Chatbots, and why you need to be worried about them. And we'll pop a link in the show notes. Great. So first, now let's talk first about what text generative AI actually is. Now, a little birdie told me that you've already asked ChatGPT to help us out on this front. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did indeed. But you know what? What it spouted was, um, frankly, pretty techy. Um, you know when the words make sense, but they kind of don't at the same time? That was, that <laughs> yeah. was kind of what happened here. So I asked ChatGPT to do it again but this time in plain English. So do you want to know what it said? Yeah, straight from the horse's mouth, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so it says text generative AI is a type of technology that can create new written content. It learns from large amounts of existing text to understand patterns and structures. By using these patterns, it can generate new sentences and paragraphs that are similar to what it has learned. This technology has many uses, such as writing articles or helping people be creative. However, we need to be careful with how it's used because it can also be used to create fake or misleading information. Like that, especially the caveat mm. at the end. Um, yeah. and, and that's really, it's actually a, a really great example of the first way in which editors can use it as a business tool to help understanding because the fact is, when you run your own business, you sometimes have to engage with concepts and ideas that might be unfamiliar to you. And you may need a bit of help just to get your head around what's involved. Exactly. So we're specialists in doing certain types of things with text, aren't we? Like checking for yeah. grammar and spelling issues, reviewing for consistency, helping authors ensure they're creating a good flow for the reader or more structural stuff even. But we're still business owners. And some of that means engaging with ideas that are outside our comfort zone, like I did when I first put it into GPT. And it talked about things like recurrent neural networks and trans transformer architectures. <laughs> that's, that's what it spat out the first time. And I was like, mm, yeah, I kind of I understand the words, but mm. yeah. Plain English um, edit of that was definitely needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's interesting, isn't it? It's kind of like sitting next to a colleague and asking them to explain something. Yeah. And when you don't quite get it, you, you might ask for them to simplify it a bit more for you. But I suppose as freelancers in particular, we don't always have someone in the room to ask uh, because we often work in isolation. Yeah, and if you're short on time, you can get the gist of something by using this tool in a way that you would another human. It's, it's rather neat in that way. So um, so let's focus on another area that that's a drum that we like to beat. <laughs> <laughs> I so know what you're going to say. It's marketing, isn't it? 
content marketing in particular tell me i'm right <laughs> you are so right <laughs> so yeah i think this is an area where there are massive productivity gains to be had especially when it comes to editors who feel overwhelmed by the idea of writing blogs and other useful resources but who need help coming up with the ideas yeah i completely agree because it's true that that kind of thinking and ideas creation comes easier to some than others. You and I enjoy it and we do a lot of it together and we've been doing it for a long time. So it doesn't seem like a big deal, but for, for other editors, it can feel like a real blockage. It really can. So if you're listening to this and thinking that's me, I get a block with this stuff, but I want to do it. Try asking something like chat GPT to generate 30 ideas for blog posts about the type of editing you specialize in. Basically, you're giving it prompts to do some of the graft for you. Yeah. And then consider every single one of those and think about which ones are problems you regularly help authors deal with when you're editing for them. All you're doing is using the generative AI to bridge the gap between the conundrums you face in your editing practice and data it's found online. And what you'll probably find is that it gives you ideas that you would have come up with if you'd spent two hours pondering the issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will give you a whole load of stuff you might want to ditch too, but that's okay. You just take what you want. And that's the thing with AI. You don't have to be polite. You can just ignore <laughs> it or turn it off when it suits you. Exactly. <laughs> but you've saved yourself a stack of time. And now that you've got some ideas, you can start thinking about how you can turn those niche ideas into solutions with keywords and phrases that your potential clients will search for online. And that means you're using AI as a business tool to help you get found. Plus, um, the time you've saved coming up with ideas can be used on the writing. Yeah. So, okay, let's... Else. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about that, um, the, the writing, I mean, and how far we go with it. So I like to write, but you love to write. <laughs> some editors hate writing and really struggle with the blank page under the title. And I think there's help on offer here. So another way we can think about using text generative AI is as a sort of scope and sequencer, because I know what a blank page feels like. I mm. need something to get me in the groove. Otherwise, I can stare at it for hours too. Yeah, I get that. Again, it's one of those blockages that can stop editors being being creative in a way that doesn't become a time suck and an anxiety inducer. And you're mm. a good example of someone who who is a, a really creative thinker, but that blank page can stop you in your tracks. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. yeah. And I think it's a shame when colleagues want to produce useful resources, but don't because they're terrified of the impact on their valuable time of getting stuck in that bad yeah. place. Yeah. And they don't have somebody like you and I are lucky to, we sort of can bounce ideas off each other yeah. and I'll talk at you and, and you'll do the writing a bit while I do the chatty bit with the ideas and things. Yeah. And, yeah. and I suppose if you don't have someone like that to work in that way with then this this is a good option for you I'm basically to... your c3po aren't i i basically am yeah uh -huh. <laughs> i do a wee bit of, it just power me down and stand me in the corner at night yeah <laughs> <laughs> no i was thinking i'm 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 like the ai you know you're coming up with all the creativity and i'm there going put it into some words on the page <laughs> <laughs> you can be you can be you can be luke or leia oh do you think so yeah i don't I'll, think I'll I'll, robot. okay i'll take your word for it <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, back to the program. So, um, so yeah, but using text generative AI is, now one of our friends and colleagues described it as handling my mental load so I don't have to. Mm -hmm. And she went on to say, 
and I'm quoting directly from her, let's keep it busy with the stuff that saps our creative energy so we can make more room for our own art. And I thought that was a really lovely way of putting it. I absolutely love that too, how she framed that. Mm. So basically what we're saying is use AI to help you with the bits of marketing that are actually getting in the way of progress and in effect stopping you from promoting your business. And so in this case, you could use ChatGPT to create an outline of a blog post on a particular issue. And that means you've got your titles and your main headings, which means you can focus on fleshing those out and bringing them to life with your own voice. You're speeding up the baseline writing process so you have more time to personalise and tweak so that it's you on the page. I think that's the big difference, certainly in terms of the ethics of using AI. Um, it's taking the time and making the effort to do the thinking for that fleshed out stuff that you just mentioned. We're not saying ask ChatGPT to write your blog posts. We're saying use it to get going to help you with ideas and structure. Definitely. Use it to help you gain confidence in mm. and enjoyment enjoyment from creating marketing content. The thing is, at the moment, text generative AI isn't good enough to mimic your brand voice, is it? I mean, oh, and yeah, actually, you really don't want your blog post to read like Wikipedia entries. <laughs> <laughs> if no. you read like they're automated, you're really missing an opportunity to stand out. That's the thing. Yeah, our content really needs to sound like us, doesn't it? It needs to help mm. a potential client get under the skin of us and why we're a good fit for them. It needs to have the, the essence of us in it. And if that gets lost, if we just rip stuff from an AI, it, it has no soul. Yeah. And when you think about how really effective, strong branding is all about the, the emotional and creative intelligence behind the words on a page or a screen, it's really important to make sure that we, not an AI, do that bit of the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, ultimately, it's about it's about the graft, isn't it? At the end mm -hmm. of the day, that's the graft that we need to put in. And that does take time. There's no two ways about it. I can spend hours crafting a blog post and thinking about the examples I want to include and, and uh, you know, what, what readers would find interesting. But that's that's the job. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same for me. But it's it's almost beyond ethics. It's about knowing that the content of your website has you in it, that it's authentic, that it's real, but that it hasn't destroyed your entire day creating it and ca caused you loads of stress too. <laughs> exactly. So another way in um, which we can use text generative AI in our editing and proofreading businesses is for SEO or search engine optimization. So we're talking here about keyword and key phrase research. Yeah, and that's another thing that editors who are less confident about marketing sometimes struggle with and don't know where to begin. So the thing is here that something like ChatGPT is searching the massive amount of online information and finding in seconds, literally seconds, what it might take us an hour to do. Yeah, so try this. Ask it to generate good keywords for the kind of editing you specialise in and see what it comes up with or or even sort of niche aspects of the kind of, of editing um, you work you're working on so it'll give you lots of ideas that you've already used on your website but perhaps there will be some that you've missed and that you can consider for blog post ideas or social media posts yeah so our our final tip is using text generative ai to help you create compelling calls to action 
So Louise and I have probably lost count of the number of times that we've heard professional marketers advise against using calls to action that say things like click here, subscribe now or contact. Yeah, that's a really good one. So there's a <laughs> yeah. whole science behind this. But the gist of it is that when you use calls to action on buttons and in linked text on your website, you're more likely to get people to do what you want them to do when you include, include a benefit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I know my own website is not perfect. No, <laughs> But it's a work in progress, isn't it? Yes, you know, yeah. we, you know, nobody's perfect, Louise. Not even you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Oh, no, most definitely not. <laughs> anyway, crafting that kind of message concisely, concisely, isn't this something that many editors feel confident about doing? So why not let the AI have a crack at it? Again, you don't need to worry about being polite. If you don't like what you see, you just ignore it, or or you refine the instruction to the AI. Yeah, just that's right. I mean, just see what it comes up with. And maybe it'll give you some ideas if nothing else. Maybe you'll tweet what it suggested, but you're saving time by getting the I, the AI to do the headachey stuff. And that means you can spend more hours of your day editing or relaxing or planning what's for dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barbecued chicken loaded uh, fries with avocado salsa tonight, just, yeah, in, well, case you're, just in case you're interested. <laughs> and actually, that reminds me of that, um, of the colleague we mentioned earlier who'd... Um, Who'd, who'd written that poster um, about sort of, you know, letting it do the work for you. Um, she also in that comment made a, she got a recipe plan for, 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 for the week, didn't she? she yeah, she did a meal that. planning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but she did say it was a bit dodgy. It kept forgetting, <laughs> getting quantities wrong. I think it suggested yeah. a, dozen, a dozen bananas or something. For okay, so people. maybe the yeah. meal plan, but not the actual recipes itself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a bit, bit of tweaking needed there, I think. Mm. But yeah, it's those sort of things that, you know, that can make, lift lift the, the mental load in certainly some aspects of our lives, can't it? Yeah, definitely. So there you go. Five ways to use text generative AI for your editing business. The thing is, it's not going to go away. And humanity is only just starting to scratch the surface of the benefits and the hazards around this technology. But what we do know is that freelance editors and proofreaders have to make every hour of their day count. That's right. And not just on our work, but on what we have to do in order to get that work. And the more productive we can be when it comes to that business management stuff, the better. As always, though, we need to see the full picture. So do check out Lisa's blog post because everything generated by an AI tool needs checking. Absolutely. Especially if it spits out so-called facts during your research. None of us should ever assume that the content generated is true or real. So do take care and use it mindfully, very mindfully. Yep. And as a tool, not a crutch. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening again. If you'd like to help support the editing podcast, we've got a couple of options for you. And the first is that you can tip us. Head over to the editingpodcast.captivate.fm forward slash support and make a one-off donation of your choosing. Yeah, or you can join our Patreon community for only £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash editing podcast. All our patrons get exclusive access to a huge batch of transcripts. And both the links are in the show notes. In the meantime, she's been Louise. And she's been Denise. Join us again next time. Bye. Bye.